Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 1.3 FM and 1220 AM. And our sponsor for this first half is Odd Moe's Pizza. And you guys, I'm not just saying this because he's a sponsor of ours, but his pizza truly is the best. And they just came out with their pasta. Yeah. Let me actually see really quick. Go ahead and shout out what your favorite is. And I'm going to look up. Well, while um, you're looking that up, the we, flavor. Had, we had a little board retreat. We got all the board together for our board meeting, but we decided to eat some dinner and play some games. And I ordered over $100 worth of Odmos for our board meeting. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, we love Mike, too, but it's like if you're going to buy something from someplace, why not support your supporter? Mm -hmm. So, And I'll just tell you, there wasn't a whole lot of leftovers. (laughs) No, I bet not. So they have a new pasta dish, and if you go to Facebook and you go to Oddmo's Pizza, you can see the pictures of it. Um, but it is their garlic basil pesto pasta. And it's got chicken smothered with cheese tortellinis, garlic white sauce, basil pesto sauce, and fresh grated mozzarella topped with diced tomatoes and Parmesan cheese. And, this, and the picture looks amazing. No, I, like I'm... I'm salivating now. Me too. (laughs) Me too. So if you guys don't have plans for lunch or dinner, definitely go down there and check out what they've got. And let me know how that pasta is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So usually we do the recap first. Yeah. But um, I think if I understand the board in front of you correctly, there might be a caller calling in. There is. Should I take it or You should take this call because usually you want me to do an update. I think the caller might have an update for you. Okay. One second. All right. Caller, you're on the line. Hello? Well, hello. I'm glad to be on the line. Hey, it's Yuma, Arizona. Hey, here, here I am. Brenda Ferris from Yuma, Arizona, calling in. <laughs> oh, yay. Hey, sis, how are you? <laughs> All right. Very exciting. So hey, I do have some job. stuff written surprise, in front surprise. of me. Here I, have, I am. Yeah, I have some stuff written. But, Brenda, give the listeners an update. How are you doing? I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. As you know, with having gone through uh, metastatic breast cancer twice, I uh, am really firm about my daily self-care. And if I can get it at least five days a week, you know, do the best I can, it makes a huge difference in my mental capacity. And so much about what you're going through and the conditions of your life are mental. Like if you can stay on top of your your um, emotions, it makes a big, big difference. So to me, I really prioritize that. It's huge. I really have to do that in order to be able to to keep myself healthy as best I can and show up in a world that is difficult, difficult yeah. to be with. But, 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 you know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was having some strange symptoms in my head and just making sure that I'm not having any problems with anything migrating up into the brain area. And so I did go have an MRI recently and I'm telling you, if anybody's had an MRI of their head, of their brain, it's not a little picnic. I mean, they lock your head into a vice, and you can't move it, and it's in a little tiny tube if you're claustrophobic. And it's super-duper loud. Oh, my stars. And, um, and the results came back fine. So I guess the symptoms maybe are just a little bit of migration of how my conditions are going. So just keep a good look-see on that. Well, I am glad that yours came back because they did one of mine and it didn't come back. They said we could not find anything. There's nothing in that guy's brain. We we know, Baron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad yours came back good. So now when you say fine, you said it like you were kind of hesitant a little bit. Everything came back normal? 
Yeah, yeah, well, it came back, yeah, it came back fine, but there's still those symptoms that I'm feeling. And so when I discussed it with my physician, we decided between him and I that it must be a little bit of migration, but it's not something that's saying, here's red flags, here's right. red alerts. Let's just kind of progress and see how things are looking. There's nothing growing there. There's no tumor sitting in the in the brain, but I am here in the head area. But there is some symptoms that I'm feeling. There's just a little bit dizziness, and, and uh, I do have trigeminal neuralgia up inside of my, my brain area. It's like a nerve inside the head. And so my concern was, how's that going also? And right. so it could just be that that's kind of migrating a little bit. Okay. Well, we are so yeah. glad that you were able to give us an update on how you're doing. Yeah. It's so yeah. good to hear your yeah. voice. Yeah. Well, we did so have wonderful. callers last week. This is two weeks in a row. Uh, we did have Victoria Shin in the studio. Yeah. But we had Eric and Cynthia call in from last week. And that was a really, it was a really interesting show to just talk about childhood cancer it was yes um i did look up another interesting statistic because you always say i don't let grass grow you don't you don't i love it every two minutes another kid is diagnosed with cancer every two minutes every two minutes and and what we just i think what what the consensus was is that both from the government standpoint and the pharmaceuticals they don't think there's enough reason to put more money into research but i don't know every two Mm. minutes that's not an awful good reason to me yeah. Hmm, I almost want to do the math. How many is that a day? Uh, the one that I could sign was 45, which doesn't, doesn't math doesn't add up right, but 45 kids per day are diagnosed with cancer. So we've got two statistics mm-hmm. from two different sources, but I don't care if it's every two minutes or 45 kids a day. Either one of those are not acceptable numbers. No, but every mm-hmm. two minutes, so there's mm-hmm. 60 minutes in an hour. Yeah, so that, you, the math isn't adding up. If you right. divide it, if you, if you go by the every two minutes, that's 720 kids diagnosed a day. Yeah. So I guess it depends on which source I'm getting my information right. from. But, you mm-hmm. know, even 45 mm-hmm. kids a day is an awful lot of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that's what, even if it's 45 one. per day, that's a lot. One yeah. is too many. Well, speaking of children, this is the update we have. What do I want to say? Yeah. So you, yeah. you guys, you guys got to help me on this one. Um, somebody <laughs> help me. Okay. Um, we have mm-hmm. an update on Aussie. Okay. Um, Shyla posted some pictures and they did say their goodbyes to Ozzy. Um, they held him tight and told him bedtime stories and shared fun memories with him and just loved him hard. Yeah. Um, hospice was there and ready for them and, and supporting them. Um, Scott Mills went over what, a little bit of what that looked with. Scott Scott did a great job. And so did Cynthia and Eric. They kind of walked us through it because they'd also been through that. Um, so... So officially, officially, Ozzy mm-hmm. has gone through the pearly white gates of heaven. I think he ran through. Them. Yeah, ran go. through. Yeah. He ran through. So I did get a phone call uh, a few days ago from Eric. I mean, not sorry, Eric. I'm sorry, from John. That's that's uh, Ozzy's dad. Um, Ozzy passed on the 9th of September at 10:04 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. And <sighs> I'm just, yeah, and I'm just I'm just thinking about what what John said that. Here, you know, they're just staying with him, and, and Shyla and John are laying by him, and he would take this breath, and there would be this long pause. And John said, as a parent, you're going, breathe, but then don't breathe, go back to God, but no breathe. Yeah. So he did that, yeah. he did that three times, and the third time, mm-hmm. he didn't breathe, and he passed. Okay. 
But, okay. but he's out of his yeah. pain. Yeah. His brain, his brain tumor is now up in Seattle, and it's John and Shyla's hope that even after his death, he will continue to help little kids. Mm-hmm. His, his tumor is being analyzed so that hopefully they can help future mm-hmm. DIPTS. And what I did tell, I told this to John, that you know it was it was really kind of a happy accident that we were able to work alongside them because. I think Ozzy inspired hundreds of people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Me too. As he mm-hmm. watched his little kid fight. Yeah. You know. And I think he went peacefully. Oh, I, I, think, I yeah. really, truly do. Yeah. The last picture I saw, he literally had his hand next to Charlotte's face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the hardest part of me and Bo, because we were looking at the pictures in their posts, and um, is the aftermath. Uh, I know that Ozzy is in a better place and he is looking down on us and he's smiling and running and mm-hmm. doing all the yeah. things that he couldn't do here. Um, yeah. But for his parents, it's got to be so hard to... How do you get yourself up off the bed every day yeah. after that? How do you right. clean up those toys? How do you... Yeah. Well, I told... I told Eric called me, and Eric said, if John were to call today, Eric would book a plane ticket and be out here from South Carolina. (laughs) And I told John, I said, you need me, I will rearrange my schedule, and I'll be in Albany. So the family Mm -hmm. knows that they've got support. And when he called, I said, said, how are you doing? Yeah. And he said, well, it's been kind of a fog the last few days. I can only imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that they've got a meal train going and they also have a GoFundMe going because I'm sure that they need to take a moment to just breathe, gather themselves and pick themselves up. Um, so if you would like to contribute to a meal train, a gift card or donate to their GoFundMe, um, send me an email, amanda at kslm.news and I will get you over the links for those. And what we did as an organization... Um, I mean, almost immediately after I heard, I sent a message off to the board, and um, we sent a hundred dollar Grubhub card to the family. Perfect. You know, so there's a lot. There's lots of ways that you can help. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even something as little as if you sent fifty dollar Grubhub card, mm-hmm. that's like a meal. Yeah. And, and until they can decompress what's just happened, all that support is huge. So it is. It is. It takes a village, not just to raise a child, but yeah. to uphold one another as well. Well, when I, not- I will officially announce that quarter four, mm-hmm. which begins early October, quarter four, quarter four is Go Team Aussie 2.0. Okay. And we are organizing, <laughs> we are organizing a celebration of his life, and mm-hmm. that date will be announced when we can get that finalized. But. Quarter four mm-hmm. is Go Team Aussie 2.0. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he yeah, won't, be, he won't be with us physically, you know, but he will be on spirit. Go ahead, sis. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, the thing is, this takes us right back to that comment with cancer being the disease of love. <laughs> because we knew that Aussie might not make it through um, the honoring night last year. And, and that was in January. He wasn't necessarily even going to make it through uh, his birthday or through Christmas. And he ended up making it clear into September. Yeah. And we're sad to see him go. And he's been a light in everybody's life. And we've been following him and his beautiful family diligently. And at the same time, just all those things they did at the end, to read in bedtime stories, to sing songs together, to hug and to hold, they will, they will hang on to those memories, those pictures forever. And that was the love part. That was the disease of love that blessed their life in a way that it could not have happened had this been a sudden situation. 
situation, and I know they will hang on to that. That family is precious. Yeah, they I will. Mean, go, me, go ahead. me and Bo, because we talked after. So Baron, you called me and you gave me the news. Right, um, right. And I shared with Bo, and we were talking about it. And Brenda, that was one thing. And I said, and now this is where the disease of love comes into place because they did get those extra moments. They did get that extra time. Um, he had his feeding tube that came out. And before they went and got it replaced back in, they went and did pictures. And they got beautiful photos, all of them. And they get to treasure those for forever and honor him. And it's just, you get those special moments. You get to love that much more and that much harder. And it is, it is the disease of love, as difficult Mm -hmm. as it is to, and it's hard to wrap your mind around that because it's bittersweet. Um, But they got extra time with him. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's like, it's like. The quote, and I, I, I'm glad that Scott phrased it the way it is, because it's not something that Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth said. She was quoting somebody else. But she said, grief is the price we pay for love. Yeah. And <laughs> if you didn't know Ozzy, you would be sad he passed away. Uh-huh. But we're all grieving because we loved him. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And again, it's not, it's not something that Queen Elizabeth said personally. It's someone that she read, but then she quoted it. Yeah. You know? But again, I think it's just a great quote. It is. Why don't you say it one more time? Grief is the price we pay for love. Mm-hmm. And Ozzy touched a lot of people. He did. A lot of people. And he brought a lot of people together. He brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Um, that was a very special boy. Yeah. Very special boy. And you got, I mean, and you got to be Exactly. And it's not just the grief of his family, which they are definitely feeling it. But you, Amanda, are feeling it. Baron's feeling it. I'm feeling it. Everybody is feeling that grief. And we paid the price of the grief to have that opportunity to love him, even from a distance down here in Yuma, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a sad update, but uh, I did need to give that update. Yeah. Well, let's shift to a whole different gears. Okay. And we'll put the Kleenexes away. (laughs) Deep (laughs) breath. So I know that Brenda can add a lot to this. Again, we've got this brand new book. We uh, have shifted away from our recipes. This is the 100 Disease Fighting Foods. It's a Time Magazine special edition. And today's food is apples. And I'm sure Brenda can weigh into this one. So why is this a disease fighter? These lunchbox favorites are one of America's main source of flavonoids, powerful antioxidants that help protect the heart and brain and fight off the uh, oxidative damage. I really slaughtered that word. I believe in you. Oh, good. Someone better. (laughs) (laughs) That can contribute to cancer. Not only are... Galas, Granny Smiths, and the like heart healthy, but they may also reduce asthma symptoms. Oh. Anti-inflammatory apples may even lower women's risk of lung cancer, according to findings from the Long-Term Nurses Health Study. Wow. Any thoughts to add on apples there, Brenda? Well, I just know that they do have a lot of disease-fighting conditions, and when we say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. There's a lot of truth about that. And we just get these colloquialisms that we don't really know about. And that would have started a long time ago. And so many people don't even know what it is, but they say it all the time. But there's so many benefits to the apples with the antioxidants that are in the apples to help fight the disease in your body that they really do help. There are 
so many studies out there about apples, the pectin in them, the anti-cyanides that are in there, they're going to benefit your body, that it is really true. Eating apples will make a huge difference in your life in all kinds of ways, and it will help to keep the doctor away. So it's a truism. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's your disease-fighting food for today. Yes. Okay, nice. Well, I decided to not let grass grow, as, I, as you say. Oh, yeah. And I did a whole bunch of very interesting research, and I thought Britta could weigh in to this research. Um, I'm going to take you through a 100-year timeline. Okay. All right? All right. <laughs> 100-year timeline. So in 1919... Uh, and the gentleman speaking here is a doctor named Alton Ostner, I think is how you say his last name. But he was uh, created an article together for the American scientist. And he said, in 1919, during my junior year at Washington University, a patient with cancer of the lungs was submitted to the hospital. And then this particular doctor, he said, he stressed to a class of seniors that the condition, now that condition being lung cancer, right? That condition was so rare that he thought he might never see another case of lung cancer as long as he lived. Wow. Wow. That was in 1919. Yeah, well. Oh, dear. Yeah. (laughs) He added that he saw his next case of lung cancer in 1936, 17 years later. So that's actually a really big gap. So 17 years before his next case of lung cancer pops up. Okay. Okay. So now, 1936, we're going to jump to something else that happened. Okay. The other thing I find intriguing is, and again, I'm, I'm going out of a book called The Cancer Prevention Diet. In 1920, there were 25,000 cases of new cancer in the entire United States. Okay. 25,000, you 25, said? 25,000 in the whole United States. Okay. Okay. Um, the city of Newburgh has 25,700 people. Okay. That's a Just good way to, to, yeah. to put that in perspective, mm-hmm. okay, currently, in this year alone, there's expected to be just short of 2 million new cases. Jeez. The entire state of Idaho is 2 mm. million 950,000 people. But who's counting? But who's counting? (laughs) Just the people in Idaho. (laughs) So we go from Newburgh 100 years ago to the whole state of Idaho in 100 years. So where will we be in 100 more years, the whole United States? That's really scary. My goodness. Well, again, based upon um, a doctor at the MD Anderson in Texas, he predicts that in 20 years, every other American. Wow. And that's a lot of people. It is. What bothers me most about that is that we're supposed to be getting more advanced with technology and medication and and all of these things. But yes, our health. But yet our health is just on a steep slope decline. So you have just jumped to the chapter at the end of the book. Oh, (laughs) because your statement is going to lead into the very end of the thing I'm going to talk about. Okay, I'll be quiet. No, that's great. It's great. That what? Just remember what you just said because it's going to play into the end of this timeline. Okay. So the next part of this timeline is 1937, because this doctor said the next case he saw was 1936. So, yeah, 17 years. Yep. So in 1937, uh, there was a a magazine called Cancer and Diet, and they interviewed a gentleman named Frederick Hoffman, who was a cancer specialist. He was also a consultant for statistics for Prudential Life Insurance. Okay. So he would take data, and he would bring that data in regards to cancer 
to the insurance company to help them determine rates for life insurance. Okay, yep. And he said, I have come to the conclusion that there have been a decided increase in the cancer death rates and progressions of our, since 19, ending in 1930. So he was concerned mm-hmm. about 1900 to 1930. Oh. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> no, right? From, oh, this, yeah. <laughs> from this, I reflect that the profound changes in dietary habits and nutritional condition of the population of the United States taking place during the intervening years since 1900, since that great world war, which was World War I, mm-hmm. due to the rapid and almost universal introduction of modified food products. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what he called them. Ah. He called them ah. modified food products, conserved mm-hmm. or preserved, refrigerated or sterilized, colored or modified, aside from the positive alteration by the addition of injurious mineral substances close to being of a poisonous nature. Wow. That's pretty bold. It it is, but it's the truth. So he basically said to Prudential Life, what I'm seeing happening in the food system in the 1930s is going to affect cancer rates, and you're going to have to change your life insurance rates because of it. But he just says wow. it is it is to an injurious nature so close to being poisonous. Wow. Mm-hmm. And look where we're at now. It's only gotten yeah. a, a tenfold times worse. It's crazy. Yeah. So we... <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is it always comes down to the food. It, 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 and, and we've, been, we've been doing this for a year and a half, and it keeps coming always, back to the food. Always. Yeah. yeah. It's what yeah. you feed your body. Go ahead, Brenda. you got a thought. I can hear you. Well, yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's the food you're saying that, Amanda. It's super true. And it's also everything else. Like we're saying, look at how much research has happened over this time period. Why are we not making a progression on this condition? Right. But at the same time, there are forces out there that are doing equal or more research to go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they're trying to cause disease to keep us sick and put us in a place where we need to take more medication, we can just put that out there as a little tidbit but even if that is the case they're not helping the cause any there's more formaldehyde in the carpets and in the new cars there's new there's more substances inside of the febreze and the uh, air fresheners that you plug in into your house there's more issues with the shampoo that you that you use in your in your shower or the dish soap that you're using so each of those things added together didn't happen hundred years ago. No. And so all of that is adding and it's adding to the food issue. The food is huge. You're putting that into our body, but our skin is our biggest organ and we're putting all of these different lotions and potions on there just willy nilly, not realizing what's in it. The cleaning products we're using in our homes, the um, air fresheners, different, different issues that are outside in the environment that we can't control very well. All of that is taking its toll. And we just talked about childhood cancer. I, I always felt like the word child and cancer shouldn't be fitting into the same sentence together. Right. And here we're talking about maybe 45 a, uh, a year or whatever the number ended up being there, or a day, or whatever the number ended up being there. Um, but, but even so, why are children getting this? And here's these reasons. It could be cell phones from the parents. It could be radiation. It could be them playing on iPads. It could be them eating 
the hot dogs and the stuff that's in that. It could be them attending schools that have formaldehyde in the carpet. Look at all the stuff that's there. Well, we've got, we've got about a minute and a half, sis, and I'm going to leave a little teaser comment that we can pick up on after the commercial Ooh, break. All right. Let's do it. So, in, again, in the book, right after we quote this, this gentleman with Prudential Life, it says, In the 1940s and 50s, laboratory studies on mice and other animals began to confirm his findings. So he said that in 1937, and the studies in the 40s and 50s began to validate what he was saying. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, European countries experienced a significant drop in cancer during World War I and World War II when meat, dairy food, and eggs began scarce. Because of the war, those things became scarce and cancer rates went down. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Following World War II, Frozen and enriched foods became more widely available. Many topical and subtopical foods, such as oranges, grapefruits, and pineapples, found their way to the daily breakfast table. Soft drinks, ice cream, candy bars, pizza, hamburgers, french fries, potato chips, other fast food items became a way of life, and cancer rates began to climb. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll pick that up after the commercial mm-hmm. break, I think. Oh, good job. <laughs> All right. Good teaser, good teaser. Good teaser. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right, you guys, um, give a huge shout-out to Odd Moe's Pizza. They've got their new amazing pasta. If you want something different than pizza, they also have wings. They and... also have potato poppers. Oh. And they also, it's not just regular pizza. They have the cauliflower crust. It's the green monster. It's all veggies. My favorite. So there's an option there for everybody. All right, we'll be back after these messages, guys. Stay tuned. 